The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from on location in Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Count Knapsack uh, for another edition of the main show here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. That means it's time for an in-depth, insightful, and inspiring interview. And actually, I found a man who, who checks a lot of those boxes. It's been a, a long time coming, uh, getting him on this show. It was always in the works, um, but I think now is the right time, and that is Mr. John Roca. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks, man. I mean, uh, you've been on a lot of other shows yeah. that uh, we've our, our paths have crossed uh, so much. I mean, yeah. we work together, but it's wow. like, you know, we're in the same circle. And uh, I remember when you you showed up, it was like, who's this <laughs> sultry-voiced man from, uh, uh, you know, college, Christian's college? Days. Um, how long have you been out in LA now? Uh, Seventeen years now, I guess. Two thousand came out in. Well, I guess what? What are we in? Uh, two thousand. So uh, right. about sixteen years because I came out in October of two thousand. Uh, okay. To come to LA. Yeah. yeah. Got so gotcha. here. I've been and never moved away. It's and, crazy. Huh? Yeah. I'm yeah. nineteen years now. Wow. Um, yeah. And it seems like yesterday. Number one. Yeah. Which shows that we're old. <laughs> um, what What specifically brought you up? Well, initially it was to be an actor. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had struggled, but I graduated from Florida State. You know, went with Christian, like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, and there was this decision: like, do I go to LA or do I go to New York? And so for me, it was LA because a lot of my friends were going to LA, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to. You know, I love film and love television. And right. so I was like, well, this is where it's at, you know. And even though I was a stage actor and I love stage acting more than anything else, um, I was like, well, the money's here. Being yeah. famous is here. Sure. Possibly getting on a show is here. So I came out um, and with those ideas. Why know? do you like stage acting better? What's, what's it about that? I just think my personality is better suited mm-hmm. for it because I'm a, you may not have noticed this, but I'm a large personality and you're, I've got a, a, a lot of voice. emotions running through <laughs> you. That's right. That's right. You're a fire. <laughs> I'm a fiery Latino. There's nothing wrong with it. And, yeah. I, and so for me, I felt like that was more my uh, my calling. And then and I've I've kind of have that have that have had that proven right, you know, because I haven't okay. booked a series regular or anything like that on any of the shows. I, I commercials are really hard for me because sure. I'm just like I'm just a big personality. People go just right. be yourself, and I'm like this is me. This is me. You don't understand. This is me. So you know. Do you think that? I mean, <clears throat> there's theater out here, but it's not yeah. like what is not no, like no, it no. is in New York. No, no, no. You, you know, I, I mean, we have more. There are more stage productions in LA than there are in New York, but mm. there's that means there's more opportunity for people to not do as good work uh, in LA and theater. And yeah. most theater is about how can I get on a TV show by showcasing my talents. Right. As in New York, it's like. How can I really serve the work? And, and I think, yeah. And then that's like a career out there. Yeah, exactly. Not that it isn't here. Right, exactly. You're laying the groundwork to get into another stage, a bigger stage, make more money doing that and get known, you know. But right. when it's here in L.A., it's like you want to, like we saw in La La Land, that movie, you know, she's trying to do that one-woman show so she can get on a TV show, you know. It's not <laughs> is, about is, anything Is sure. there ever going to be a Roka one-man show? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? I think you could do it. A Roka one-man show about my dating experiences in L.A., oh, yeah. I, that's something that I have thought about extensively over the last few years. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's worth it. Yeah, I mean, there are some crazy stories, son. You're an epic dater, <laughs> and I say that with awe, yes, admiration, and respect. It's true. Uh, I mean, you, you and I go back and forth uh, offline a lot. Yeah, uh, I am a. Uh, I never date, and you, you 
you pick up my slack. Well, yeah, I date a lot. Yeah, and I try to, and then I go through periods where I don't like where I'm like done yeah. with it, where I'm retired, like Brett Favre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I'll dive right into this side. Sure. We went that direction there. Uh, you're a couple years older than me, a few years older sure. than me. Uh, we're in the same generation. Yeah, I, I count it the same. Um, have you ever been married or engaged? No, never married or engaged. Uh, got close mm. twice. In fact, recently, a couple of years ago, or a few years mm. ago, was. I, I thought for sure it was right. going to happen, and it didn't really pan out in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I've come close a couple of times. But I, you know, <clears throat> I've been a nomadic soul. I'm a seeker. Sure. I'm a seeker. I wish I was more of a like guy who had a st- stabilization and was like, okay, this is who I am. But I'm constantly evolving all the time, yeah. and I'm constantly seeking like better versions of myself all the right. time. And so um, I'm never satisfied. So that t- that means I grow out of situations mm. or people aren't like, people can't feel stability with me because I'm constantly searching for so you, you, changes. You, you need someone to grow with you. Yes, absolutely. And not a lot Which of is people. Hard. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. And respect for, and, and no way am I judging anybody I've dated or been right, with right. or had relationships with. It can be really hard. You right. know, my, my path is, is not the... Uh, common path. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at times it, it, I have not, I've found these amazing women. I've dated some amazingly intelligent, beautiful, sexy, yeah. uh, incredibly attractive women in my opinion, but yeah. I, I've never found the one that I was a hundred percent like, yes, I feel comfortable with doing this. Do you feel as, as, as time moves on, yeah. all jokes aside, yeah. um, do you feel like, all right, this is the way it's going to be. Do you still have hope for a brand new day? Are we going to find that one? Oh, yeah. I absolutely do still have hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, it, as you get older, like I'm in this period now where I'm like, well, is it going to happen? And if right. it doesn't, am I okay being the lifelong bachelor or whatever? And Because I don't want to be that creepy guy at the end of the bar trying to hit on the woman who's 30 <laughs> years younger than him. I don't want to be that guy. But, you know, for me, it's like I, I also kind of put things in God's hands. So I'm sure. just like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it's supposed to happen, great. Yeah. You have to believe the path is the way it is for a reason. So it's like, okay, it just hasn't shown itself to me. Including the mistakes. Yes, including the mistakes. Absolutely. I mean, go looking back, the woman I've dated 10 years ago, wouldn't I would never date now because mm. my tastes have changed. I've evolved in, in different things, you know? What are the, some of those tastes that have oh. changed? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, this idea of understanding growth. And when mm. 10 years ago, I was a, like, I just had, had a lot of like real stuff I had to process and, mm. and, and figure out. And I was very like suspicious of everyone. And I was very questioning mm. of everyone. So I had a lot of self-esteem, self-worth stuff that I had to explore in therapy. Sure. So like if, if the women I dated back then abused me all the time, like emotionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I dated unavailable women. Like, I would, would date. That's the best. Yeah, right? Isn't it? <laughs> because that's your reflection of your self esteem. You're like, yeah. I'm so unlovable. I need to date women who make me feel unlovable, you know, mm. or don't make me feel like they want to spend time with me. Then I would get frustrated and would cause mm. fights. And that was the issues all the time with these with the women that I dated. And I've, you know, I'm not going to lie, I dated some married women. And that's yeah. been a thing too way back then. So now I would never do that. Sure. Yeah, because I'm in a whole different place, yeah. you know, and I've evolved. I think since the death of my father in 2008, like I've been on this kind of mm. uh, evolution ever since into a different person. Like, did, a, yeah. Did that set it off? Yeah, really did. It really, like I was in the middle of therapy when my father got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Like a friend of mine had kind of sat me down in 2005, I think, and at a CPK at Hollywood and Highland. And she said, listen, yeah. 
you're causing you're like you're getting into these fights with your friends and you're like everyone loves you but you don't seem to love yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's like we can't keep carrying this with you and so that was a really powerful thing it's my friend who I don't want to say her name but she's like essentially my sister sure. in life and so I took her advice and I explored this place called the Maple Center in Beverly Hills and I mm-hmm. started going to therapy with these counselors every, counselor every Wednesday you know and so and uh, about a year and a half into the therapy just as we were getting close to mm-hmm. Uh, what the reasons were, which was some of the the situations with my father, um, he got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so I had to struggle with blaming my father in therapy and then forgiving my father, which is the process of therapy. It is forgiveness, acceptance, and moving on. I had to do. I had to grapple with the fact that this man, who I love, was growing to love again, was dying mm. of cancer, mm. and so it was. A, it was a, a colossal mind. Can we cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay. It was a colossal mind fuck for me at the time, yeah. and but it, sometimes you got to go through the what do they call it, darkness of the soul or whatever. And long, I caught the long dark tea time of the soul. Yeah, long Doug, <laughs> Douglas Adams. That's great. Long dark yeah. tea time, and then come out the other side, and you're a different person. You know? Yeah, and and and. Talk about that moment that deciding to go seek help of any kind. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I did that. I think a lot of people do that. And, and, and I think one of the traits you and I share is we're sometimes open maybe to our own detriment sure. of what we're feeling or what we're struggling yeah. with or everything. But I think it helps other people too. But yeah. take me to that moment where a close person to you is yeah. saying, hey, make some changes. We all hear that. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes you're like, yeah, 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 I'll do that tomorrow. Right. What and made I, you switch? I, I think because the sincerity in her voice, the, the what I thought, the truth in her eyes and all. Right. Also, because I had felt I had hit some kind of wall where I was like, I, 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 I don't, I can't figure this out on my own. You know, I'm an right. intelligent guy. I'm an analytical guy. Part of what, what I enjoy sure. doing with you guys, you know, analyzing film or whatever, like is what yeah. I love to do. I apply that to my life and I could not find my way out of it. These battles I was having with my friends, these feelings of incredible self uh, loss of self-worth and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And so when she said it, she said it in such a way that was so truthful that I could not deny it's uh, yeah. the fact of it. And so I reached out and, and she, mo- and she, I love her to death and she's still one of my great friends. And so, mm-hmm. um, I reached out to a friend of mine that night who had, who I knew was going to this place. And I said, Hey, um, what is the, what is the process? And right. then that Monday morning I called and set up an appointment. And sometimes when I, the thing is, Ken, with my life is mm-hmm. when I, when something feels truthful and I know, and I know yeah. I do it when I, I know gotcha. when I know I do it. Yeah. yeah. And so I knew in that moment when we had the launch that, it was time. It was time. Yeah. And had, had you, over the past years, had you locked in on something, got close to changing, backed off, got scared, or just didn't acknowledge it? Yeah, I did. Well, I had come out of the military, you know, where you're mm. you kind of bred to be a certain way, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then transition that into an artistic world, going into the acting and stuff. I wasn't, I, I was ashamed of my emotions. I was, that's yeah, a, yeah. that was the genesis of my thing, was that I was a sensitive child, but my father was a macho, old school Latino, so sure. he tried to create something inside me that wasn't naturally who I was. And Mm. so my battles, my wars with myself since I was a formative age uh, was always being ashamed of the sensitive side of myself as opposed to embracing the sensitive side of myself. Because my father, in trying to toughen me up, had erroneously tried to make me destroy that part of myself. And uh, I see that now in retrospect that that's not the way to be. You know, you have to, we, hopefully we are changing as a gender in this society, in this world to be more open about our feelings, about our emotions. And regardless of what the current presidential administration thinks, I think it's really important that we as men keep progressing and evolving to 
that point where we find our mm-hmm. uh, strength in emotion and our strength in being men. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with having both sides. Uh, absolutely. You know? And I also that phrase, yeah, come on, be a man, yeah. has has some, has some, I don't want to say, I guess, positive connotation, connotations of handling your stuff and being who you're. Sure. But it, it, it really, really it aims to ignore this uh, other side right. where you're struggling or, or, you know, just a couple of, you know, uh, uh, I should be able to see you and give you a hug. Yeah. Uh, not, not for, you know, and, and not feel weird about that emotional exactly. of support, you know? Right. Look and, at, look at other countries like Italy and, and, mm-hmm. and, and Spain and whatever, like they, they kiss on the cheek. Like one, two kisses, one on the cheek. Sure. It's, it's, it's Greek. It's not. It's Is that issue. what that was before you yeah. got on the air? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying something Making new. sure. <laughs> it seemed weird at the time, but now it makes sense kinda, to me. I just kind of went with it. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you mean. It's, it's different. Uh, yeah. yeah, I used to have conversations with our, our friend Alicia Malone, and, oh, yeah. and she says, you know, hey, you know, and this is where it is. Um, as this kind of new modern battle of the sexes, so to speak, and mm-hmm. that's, that's my phrase, not hers. Uh, uh, you know, she she feels sorry for a lot of men who are not aren't allowed because they're trained from from very young. Yeah, uh, not allowed to have these kind of emotions, mm-hmm. and and uh, and and at part of it, and and I'm sure part of your therapy is is acknowledging or discovering and learning and accepting that your father was a human being. Yeah. Who had a certain way mm-hmm. in his mind and and did what he thought was right? Absolutely. I mean, the yeah. greatest gift is understand is, is forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding and forgiveness, and yeah. um, and that was it. At the end of the day, once you get through the blame, you find this place of like, okay, the what were his limitations as a human being? What mm-hmm. were his situations? You know, my father came from a broken home, an uh, 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 alcoholic stepfather who mm-hmm. forced him from the house. He didn't see his family for 16 years when he ran away to Argentina from Bolivia. So there was a lot of anger and sadness in my mm-hmm. father from a terrible upbringing. Yeah. And so he was not, he didn't have the emotional capacity to understand how to raise a sensitive kid. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't blame my dad or my mom. It's more a matter of like, okay, I understand these parameters. And I was able to have these conversations with him before he passed from cancer. Like, we, Oh, last, really? Oh, yeah. It was really great. The last, Because uh, I finished my therapy before he passed. Mm-hmm. I was ready. When I hit my three years of therapy, I, I, for, some, for whatever reason, it felt organically it was time to stop. Sure. And then my father and I were having these conversations before he passed uh, consistently. And to my father's credit, because mm-hmm. of the cancer and diabetes, he had let go of the, a lot of the macho stuff. Sure. And he was embracing more of the mortality, the vulnerability. So we were able to be more open with each other emotionally, which is a gift, just such sure. a gift. And so we were able to progress and I was able, to, he was able to ask for forgiveness. I was able to ask for forgiveness and he let me cry in front of him oh, wow. like a week before he died. I had this incredible like floodgate mm-hmm. of tears, kind of like Tom Hanks in, in uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan, where sure. after Robisi dies, he has that moment where he's like cough crying. Yeah. I had that with my dad right in front of my dad, my mom, my dad for the first time ever mm. didn't say stop crying or don't don't cry it's okay he just let me let it out sure and we had this conversation and he said to me i just want you to know i'm i'm sorry for anything i ever did to hurt you right i always loved you i always supported you i just didn't know how yeah you were so you were such a you were smarter than me at 10 years old and i couldn't handle that mm. and it was like amazing to have that like to have that conversation with him right and so we got to say our goodbyes to each other in a very loving way and bring our relationship full circle before he passed it was uh, just a gift man. That, that's uh that's yeah, that that tugs on the heartstrings there that's yeah. uh that's uh, to have that opportunity uh, is all we could hope for. But also, yeah. again, you talk about the therapy, and, and I think that's one of the real, that's, uh, you know, if you co- go in angry or confused, you got to come out understanding yeah. 
and accepting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very, very key. Yeah. Uh, how, did you go to the military for any specific reason? Yeah, or? well, uh, yeah, I was I was two years into uh, college, yeah. and I was really unhappy at college, mm. and because uh, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I'd always wanted yeah. to be an actor, but once again, we go back to this go pressure to of my dad, like, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be a doctor, you have to, like, he's your oh, first wow. generation the American. The old school type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All these things. Like, you got to represent the, the family, you know, and yeah. there was too much pressure for me. I wasn't built to handle that, you mm. know, and I I started to put on weight and I started to go through periods. It's the first time I tried to, I discovered that I was a person who has depression within his oh, psychological okay. makeup, right? So yeah. I was in a very depressed state. I didn't understand what it was at the time, right? I just was incredibly mm. sad. Mm-hmm. And so... I had this moment where I'd put on like 20 pounds and I was just incredibly, uh, you know, just sad uh, managing a video store to mm-hmm. help pay for college. The college I was studying international politics, which I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had this this recruiter who had come in all the time was just a, uh, was just a person. Mm-hmm. Part of the he said like um, he just came in and was renting something. And I remember and I said to him. How quickly can I be on a on a bus to basic training if I come to the next morning and sign up? Because if you're serious, I can have you on a bus in three weeks. Wow. And so I spent that night thinking about it. I was 19 years old. I didn't have to have my parents' permission. Right. So, and I was still living with my parents and commuting to school. And so that morning I had a friend of mine, I think his name is Rob. I don't remember where he is now, but he drove me to the recruiters and I signed, did it the ASVAB. I got a 92 in the ASVAB. Oh, wow. And then I signed up and, and I signed up with the Army. And in retrospect, yeah. I should have done the Air Force. More opportunity, <laughs> smarter situation. More beach volleyball. Yeah, more beach volleyball, <laughs> yeah, all that. But like uh, I signed up for the Army because I felt that I needed discipline in my life okay. and I was lost. And I okay. thought this would be a great way to challenge myself mm-hmm. one way or the other. So, And uh, uh, what, what years were that? I'm trying to put uh, 1990 is when I signed up. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. 1990. Okay. So right before the first Gulf War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. did uh, what happened there? Did you? Where were you? Yeah, well, I didn't get stationed anywhere. Okay. And, and I signed up for the reserve. So I was there. Like, I did basic training and I did AIT. But gotcha. I signed a reserves contract because I wanted to keep going to college. Sure. So I didn't go full time. Gotcha. So, like, so I was there. and But the first six months, the Gulf War broke out while, we, while I was in basic training. Yeah, and so that was shocking because yeah, what's going through your head when that yeah. when this is real? This isn't Star Wars. This yeah, is, right. You know what I mean? This is <laughs> isn't Battlefield Bad Company on PS three. Right, right. <laughs> it's potentially real. It's like Metal Gear. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is that like when I make a decision to do something, and I feel like in my entire life I've made these strong decisions when I needed to make right. them. Right, and so military for me was this strong decision. So when I committed to it, I committed to it. So. I remember distinctly when the Gulf War broke. Because the, the big thing my mother was afraid of, she was like, my dad was super pissed that I signed up. Mm, my mom was yeah. in tears. Um, not the Army recruiting commercials you no, see. <laughs> no, none of that stuff that you see on television. <laughs> Ridiculous. But like I, um, when, I, when, I, when the Gulf War broke out, I remember distinctly two things happened. Right. We were allowed to call our people, like because a lot of people from basic training were going right into the Gulf War. Sure. And their units were going right in. So, and, wow. and I don't know if people remember, but the first news reports were twenty to 3,000 were going to die. Yes. The first wave. People don't remember that too much. And so I remember that I found this moment on a Sunday and at, uh, in the barracks, and I just walked out and sat down on the stoop for like an hour. Mm. And I remember just staring at the sidewalk, just going like, I didn't sign up for this. Right. But this is, <clears throat> I did sign up the contract, and I'm not going to be a dishonorable discharge because that follows you for the rest of your life, and right. I'm not going to quit. 
whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, um, I, it's in God's hands, you sure. know? And, and at the time I was a very, a very strong, uh, very, very strong in my religion, sure. in my religious uh, leanings. And I was, I always carried uh, the new Testament, that green new Testament yeah. Bible they give <laughs> yeah. you. So people called me the reverend. That was my nickname in, in, oh, ba- in army because I was always reading it. Yeah. You're in an Oliver Stone picture. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Except I'm not black because the yeah, reference is yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and uh, <laughs> you did uh, you, you served uh, you served our mm-hmm. country. Thank mm-hmm. you, sir. Um, and oh, you. did you? Yeah, like you, you go in for a certain reason. Yeah. Um, but th- there's uh, there's overwhelmingly positive experiences yeah, in the military. Absolutely. Uh, but definitely at some sort of emotional cost, right? Yeah, Sometimes sure. I mean, I, I my father and two uncles uh, were in Vietnam, oh, and wow. so you yeah. know I hear those stories yeah and how they one of my uncles never quite came out the same you yeah know? i get it so yeah. uh though though uh your your terms of your service was you know maybe a little different than their story it was you still yeah you came you come out of that how do you come out of that well you, you come out of that with a harder edge about the world right because um, you you, t- t- you had mentioned earlier yeah transitioning back to like mm-hmm. a Creative environment yeah. and everything, and, and it's not unheard of, but no. it's difficult. Yeah, you come out of it a little more suspicious of the world, a sure. little more like protective of yourself because mm-hmm. you kind of have to, you kind of have to figure out how to work within the military. And I made two amazing friends mm-hmm. when I was in the military, like and, and great friends all around, but like right. two really good friends. And so we kind of palled around for three years. Yeah. I mean, for uh, the three of us together for a while until one, until like one of them got married, and the other one ended up getting. So it just kind of worked itself out that we kind of mm-hmm. moved away from each other after a while. And and it was done, but like I came out of it a little a harder edge, um, mm-hmm. more questioning of things. I had become kind of a semi alcoholic when I was in there too, oh, wow. because you kind of drink a lot to deal with the shit of it all, you know. And so, you, as you transition between, you know, you're going to. I tried to go back to college, which didn't didn't really work out. And then I was doing the reserves, and so I ended up like having this thing where I was just like, I'm just going to stop for a while. And right. I just managed. I went and managed retail stores and doing reserves, and right. so. I was like through my whole process, you know, right. through my whole process. But I was always like stuck in that military mindset. Yeah. But it also helps you survive things. Like if you can survive basic training in AIT, you can survive most any other thing that sure. you experience in your life, you know. Including now, dating. In, yes, including dating, yes. Yes, and the schmodown, for yeah. God's sakes. <laughs> no, but uh, people people do that. And, and, and I think it's important. I think if you go into it, if you come out of it with a stronger sense of self, and there's a possibility of that when you go in the military and then a stronger sense of that you can, whatever comes down the pike, you can handle it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you, you emerge, uh, uh, done with your time yeah. and, uh, where you then decide again to go back to college yeah. and take me through that, which is why it's when I'd met you and Christian was yep. like, this is my college buddy. Yeah. Uh, again, you're, you're a good looking man, John. You don't, you don't <laughs> look, it. you don't look your age, Thank you. but. I knew you were older, and I just yeah. was always like, "That doesn't make." Was John held back? What was the problem? <laughs> yeah. How, was John missing a grade? Yeah. Uh, repeat fifth, and, and uh, I discovered you were, yeah, had a military career, kind of uh, d- yeah. delayed your college career. <laughs> so talk to me about going back. What's that, Carrington Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, it was that guy. That was, yeah, yeah. Um, Nelson. No, I, Nelson. That's right. Nelson Bunch. Uh, no, I um, I came out of it because I I I had started going back to uh, community college at night uh, yeah. while I was managing stores 
and uh, doing stuff in the reserves and, and, you know, and I was slowly building my confidence back up to mm-hmm. come back to college because I had been really scarred by my experiences in college and sure. the first time around. I didn't like that college. I joined a fraternity. I had, no, oh, wow. I had no business being in a fraternity. It was a very conservative fraternity. It did not work for me with my liberal uh-huh. leanings or my independent leanings, should we say. Sure. And uh, so it was, it was just a very bad experience at that college uh, for a number of reasons. And so I had to kind of build my endurance back up to go gotcha. back to school. And oh, so yeah. I started doing community college in Northern Virginia and I got my AA degree. And mm. then I applied to a bunch of colleges and I, cause I wanted to get, I wanted to, I was looking for an artistic college. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm miserable in the military mm. because by the, by the end I was kind of miserable. Sure. I want to be miserable pursuing what I want to do with my life. And <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I'm also pursue acting once and for all, you know, I was okay. older. I was 26, 26. So I was older. And so for me, I was able to kind of like bear down and focus on it. And it was really great. And yeah. I loved my time in community college. I learned so much. And then getting into, when I applied to Florida state, uh, that was one of the colleges cause I wanted to go as far away from Virginia. Uh, as I could. Montana State was another one that I applied oh, yeah. to as well. So yeah, these were very strong programs for acting. Um, and it t- I took a year off and lived in Charlottesville, Virginia and worked at a television station while okay. I got my head straight. Because I was like, do I want to really do this? Yeah. Um, and if I want to make this change. And so I lived with my best friend for a while, who's now the city city uh, manager of Charlottesville, Virginia. And we um, he said to me when I got my acceptance from Florida State, he goes, if you don't go, I'm going to kick you out of our apartment <laughs> and we'll throw your shit out on the lawn because you need to pursue this. This is your life. Yeah. And, I, and I went. And yeah. I went. That's why I went to Florida. I was 27 when I went to Florida State yeah. in 1997. You're like, that. was that quarterback that played a little bit later? Winky. Yeah, Winky. I, had a, <laughs> yeah. I identified with him a lot because he was yeah. serving. He was in at the same time I was yeah. going to school. So yeah, it was yeah. great to have that kind of correlation. He was yeah. 28. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh, so you meet Mr. Harloff out I there. do. Were I you do. part of his Thursday night fight clubs at all? No, no I didn't. Yeah. Harloff and I always have, and this is really funny because we've always had this respect for each other. Sure. And, but, but. You do your thing, I do my thing. Okay. And never, n- nary our paths would cross in that kind of situation. Right, right, right. But we would like go to like theater night parties or go to parties and hang out and talk because Christian was always like a regular guy. He was as yeah, close to. Yeah, he's a schmo. <laughs> right, exactly. He reminded me a lot of the military guys I knew and the better fraternity brothers that okay. I knew when I was in uh, that situation. And so for me, it was always fun to hang out with Christian and talk and hang out. And he wasn't one of these guys who was artsy fartsy all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, he helped. It was he helped in the transition. You know, mm-hmm. I had people that I could talk to right. who weren't necessarily like all arty and stuff about. Yeah, stuff. yeah. so it was great. And, and all due respect to artsy fartsy people. No, yeah, right, of some, course. Sometimes you're difficult to get along with. You know, there, there's well, that's what I like about our vein uh, of our group, our, our, our little vein yeah. in the mine in the gold <laughs> shaft of art, because you know we're yeah. some dudes that like to go lift weights and sure. uh, watch a baseball game, and not Absolutely. that the artsy fartsy people don't. No. This conversation can go in a bad direction. <laughs> that I brought it up, but. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Where I sometimes don't feel at home. Yeah. With uh, I I didn't I did theater in junior high mm-hmm. and I uh, drama and all that stuff. I was real real good at it. Blah yeah. blah blah. Didn't do it in high school because I didn't connect with those people. Yeah, yeah. I didn't connect with them. Yeah. Uh, not, they didn't like Star Wars. They didn't, uh, or, you know, they did, I'm sure. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so I know what you mean, yeah. where there's like, that's why I also gravitated to Christian as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is we could talk Transformers and G.I. Joe and the Yankees. Yeah. And right. just kind of be normal about it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, it was great. And it was so much fun. And But like I said, we 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 were friends, but we weren't like hanging out all the time. We just knew each other knew each out other. of respect. Yeah. He liked, he, he, he would watch, he was a big fan of my work as an actor. 
Okay. And that's kind of established us as friends. Like Christian was always positive about the stuff I did. And he was positive about the way I treated him because Christian would get a lot of shit at the theater from some of the artsy, artsy guys because sure. he wasn't one of those guys that was like talking yeah. about Shakespeare all the time or Arthur Miller or right, all these right. kinds of things. Christian was a regular dude and he enjoyed doing this stuff, but he wasn't like, you know, one of these people. So he felt ostracized. And he's told me this. And I don't yeah, know if yeah. he talked about this on your on your episode, but he felt ostracized at times from some of those people. Mm-hmm. And so he liked that there was a guy like me who just fucking hung out with him and just yeah, talked yeah. shit and have good had a good time and didn't there was no judgment. You know? Yeah. Are you cool? Great. We're cool. Let's have beer and Let's just shit, shit about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, did you ever fight over the same women in college? No, no. Uh, Christian was at a whole nother level and always has been. <laughs> and God love him for that. Two thousand six Harlow office. <laughs> He's a legend. He's a legend forever. Um, but he is doing a wonderful for himself now. <laughs> yes, beautiful wife, beautiful wife and family. Great so uh, that shows that some people can, uh, you know, yeah, settle down, and exactly. change exactly. In, in between him and Makuga. <laughs> the fact that the uh, uh, two wonderful women have yeah. settled those two down yeah. is amazing in testament. Um, what, what point? Uh, now you you rate Virginia, born and bred, or no, uh, born in Philly. Okay, uh, we were there for only maybe six months before we moved down to Virginia. Okay. So I was. I was was raised in Virginia, basically. Yeah. And what is your actual ethnic makeup? Okay, uh, my parents are Bolivian from Bolivia, gotcha. and South America, both of them. Uh, right. My dad from Cochabamba, my which is okay. in Scarface. That's where Sosa uh-huh. Sosa is at. And uh, my mom's from La Paz, which is the capital of Bolivia. Sure. Yeah. So. I, I've heard of that one. Yes, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When did they When did they uh, move to that area? When did they come uh, off? To, or well, Philly? Well, my, my mom in the in the when she was eighteen. She came to the States. Okay. Yeah, my mom was a tough, wow, she's yeah. a tough little bird, my mom. Uh, and my dad came when he was 20, no, he was in his 30s. I'm sorry, he was in his 30s. And so okay. they met here in the States and they got married on their fourth date. And <laughs> yeah, that's how we did it back then. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my mom was great because my mom was, my mom met my dad when she was on a first date with my uncle. And so oh, she wow. slipped her number to my dad and said, "Call me." Scandalous. Yeah, my mom was. My mom is a pioneer, man. <laughs> Scandalous. She's a tough, yeah, people talk like people like people give me shit about this thing about supporting women sometimes sure, in these sure. conversations or whatever. And I'm like, I come from a strong mom. Yeah, who, yeah. Like did her own shit. Didn't have to create a movement to do anything. She just did, did it. it. You know. And I yeah. love that about her. And so my sister's that way too. Tough mm. as nails. And so older sister, do, younger sister, younger. Yeah, I'm the okay. oldest. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, she's great, and okay. she's in Virginia. Two beautiful kids and doing her thing but like yeah she that my mom was always about it so you know she slid it because that back then that's how you did it in the latino community right your first date was like you had to meet the whole family to see if right. they approved before right. you could actually go out on the date so it was really interesting <laughs> <laughs> I, my my ex-girlfriend was uh, uh salvadorian ah. uh, or her, her mother was her father was uh uh good old la white but um <laughs> yeah you get it though. we we dated for four years but uh yeah. every time i go meet her 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 extended family, yes. grandma, grandpa, aunts, uh, tios, tias, tios, the whole yeah. the whole line, and they'd be like, "Who is this gringo sitting here? <laughs> he ain't passing any test with us." But I'll t- I was just there for the ceviche. I mean, that's <laughs> what you should be. That's what you should be. That's good so stuff. You're right. I know what you mean. But four dates, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's a command decision. It was. My, my, my dad was 10 years older than two. Okay. two so they got married 35, 20. I was born like a year later. and then we, wow. But we stayed in Virginia the whole time. Like, and, and my mom is still in the same house that we bought in 1979. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's still there in, in, in my hometown. And, and I go back in every Christmas and hang out yeah. with mom and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
So you hit L.A. running. I did. 2000. Yeah. October 2000, Yankees sweep the Braves in the World Series. I remember that distinctly. Yeah. I, I watched that game. I remember that. Um, so you, you hit the town running. Where, I'm always fascinated, and I ask this question a lot of Netflix mm. Plus people. Of, you know, obviously we're all out here in L.A., and my journey yeah. was two and a half hours south on the 101. Yours, oh, yours really? Is, yeah, oh, from, from Pismo. Uh, yours was uh, farther, so it's yeah. another commitment. It's a Roca command decision. Yes. Uh, you're out here, you hit the ground running. What do you do? What's the first thing you, you, you try to tackle? Well, uh, the first thing was to try to figure out like what I'm going to do for a job. You know, I can't. I had at the oh that yeah exactly. I had come out in LA to LA with like ten grand because mm-hmm. I had uh, started a production company in Tallahassee. So I'd stayed after I graduated in '99. I stayed a bit an extra year, about okay. nine ten months, and I directed three plays. Uh, and made money doing those plays down in in Tallahassee. And I used that money to Mm -hmm. kind of, as a nest egg, to move out to L.A. And my dad and I did it. Like, we drove cross-country in a U-Haul. It was awesome. Like, that that trip is one of the seminal moments of my life. What do you take, the 20? Is that the 20 freeway, the 10? Yeah, the 10. The 10? You're going through the tip of Texas, right around through Arizona. You don't go the long way, which is like going through the bottom of Texas, which is is interminable. But you go through the tip, and then you hit Arizona. It was great. It was really great. And... Uh-huh. We broke down three or four times on the way. So it's just like there's all <laughs> kinds of adventures in our, yeah, in our yeah. experience. So when I got here after I put my dad on a plane back to L.A., the focus was, okay, how do I, what do I do for a job? And so I started temping, and then I started, mm-hmm. you know, like talking to people who had been here and like, what do I do for an agent? What do I do for this? Started doing right. headshots, doing all that jazz. And I didn't know the process of, of workshops and all that stuff mm-hmm. until later. So yeah. I kind of think I was... I was not prepared for LA in any way, shape, or form. I understand that. And uh, it took me a while. It took me like five years to really kind of figure things out here in the city. You know, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat for you. Yeah. I knew I wanted to go to the Groundlings, and I did uh, that. But that's about all I did. Right. I didn't know. And this is pre, you know, not pre-internet, but internet, not what it, what it is right, now. Right. The so, accessibility of it. You know, yeah. it was like, uh, where do I? How do I? I get headshots. Uh, yeah. I think. What do I? Where do I go to be an actor? <laughs> yeah. So I think I suffered because I wasn't fully prepared. Ah, uh, yeah. And, but it took me. Like you said about five years. Yeah. Okay, I know how to function here now. Right. Right. You're and, right. And I and I joined a theater company and I tried doing plays there and I was but I just I was really disillusioned by mm. a couple of the theater companies that I was in and I was like yeah this isn't and I tried I was okay. on a, like I said I'm a seeker man I'm, I'm I'm always in the process of transition so to me I was right. like okay what does this mean what is this all about this doesn't work for me it's not my jam uh, so let me like take a step back right you know and so it took a, a you know I kind of fell into this hole of like doing stuff doing jobs uh-huh. and then I started working at a testing facility just around down the street from here and I was doing that while I was trying to act and I would occasionally book a voiceover thing or a commercial thing mm-hmm. uh, and it was never like 100% committed until 2010 yeah. you know and yeah. that's when I really like just walked oh, away man. from yeah regular jobs and mm-hmm. started focusing on uh, acting and that was the that was the removal of every every time I, when I removed all the possible other options mm-hmm. all you can do is put your energy towards booking things right. and things started to come you know, right. and so for me that was a really nice situation, and I haven't had a regular job since. You know, I book and work, right. and, and I do like I perform at Universal Studios. Sure, so I don't consider that a regular job. And no, number one, I've seen you perform. You did. <laughs> You're damn good. <laughs> Thank you. You walked out. To my, my friend Jessica, I, I arranged it. We were trying right. so desperately to get in to get her wand. The line's too big. And I, I was, it was surreal. I'm looking at you. I'm like, that's not John. <laughs> Who is that? Some wizard. Wizard. You, you, you live that life, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You can't what break was, character. <laughs> what was the first thing that kind of hit that you're like, all right, 
this 2010 commitment yeah, yeah. is going to pay off. Oh, I think, well... Not just in terms of money, but yeah. just like... Well, I was able to get... I was, my friend Andre uh, uh, ended up signing me as a manager, and then he got me agents, and those agents, I booked commercials. Like I booked, uh, 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 I booked a bunch of commercials that were nationals, mm-hmm. Subway, and uh, I even did a Minute Maid campaign that was... Okay. Uh, a boost campaign. You can still find those on on YouTube, and I'll, uh, you can hear me as <laughs> oh, a voiceover. I'm sure Schmoville will. Yeah, right. You can hear me as a voiceover going, "Oops, someone forgot to boost." And so you'll. That was my thing, and so I would go like, "Minute Maid," blah blah blah. So that may I. That was the first time I experienced the idea of a campaign and how much right. money could come in, and so right. that was really great. And then doing, uh, you know, Toyota commercial, Mini Countryman, you know, all these kinds of things started kind of coming through, and it was great for like five years. It was really nice to kind of just be able to live off that money I was yeah. making and booking as an as an actor right. you know I'd go hike I'd go work out I go I it was my own schedule and right. it was great for a oh, long time it was really fun that's nice yeah I never got to experience that <laughs> I've gone from uh you know day job to you know, screen junkies collider which is essentially yeah. a full-time day job yeah. I, I have to get to work at 9 a.m yeah, yeah I, I, I uh, <laughs> respectfully envy you there for that period of time and even still what you're accomplishing now well have you always had this sexy voice man uh to be honest with you it's really interesting to say this a I very Whatever, if you say that, I, you know, you know, I'm. I'm oh, it is. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, was always pushed to go into radio and pushed to go into sure. voiceover stuff, even in high school. Like I did the school announcements. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. one of the teachers who was one of the media people was like, "John, you should do the school announcements." I'm like, "How do you even do that?" And he said, "Just go up and audition for it." And I was like, "All right, so audition for it." And I got it. And yeah, so yeah. I, every morning I was there earlier than everyone else reading the school announcements. Right. So I did that for two years, and and so and then I DJed at my first college that mm-hmm. I was at. I DJed for a while, and then um, when I was, everyone had always told me throughout my life, like you have such a great voice, you have such a great voice, but I had never like really pursued much of it. Sure. And it wasn't until in uh, mid two thousands here in LA that my, like I said, my friend Andre, he got me an audition for William Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I didn't even get a small agent. Like he was like right at William right, Morris. Yeah. A friend of his was an assistant to an agent. They were looking for Latino voices, mm-hmm. and so who do span who spoke Spanish well. And so um, they brought me in for an audition for the Scarface video game. Mm. I didn't book it, but they liked my audition so Sometimes much. The key, yeah. yeah, that they back pocketed me, and then I booked my second or third audition, which was mm-hmm. a Dr Pepper campaign, and I booked that. And from there, I just you know they signed me, for, and then a year later, I was like you know I speak English really well, <laughs> you know, and so. <laughs> without an accent and so well that's funny because it's it's like uh we've even dealt with it recently where yeah. we're someone uh, someone here higher up was like uh well we need some diversity in that panel and we we're like well you have john roca yeah no we need some we we have enough white males we're like no that's <laughs> that's not a white male and i don't mean as a, as yeah, a slight no. to you it's like you you, you know yeah. bolivian is a lot different than what a, yeah. a general person might think yeah. and this gets into little issues but it's it's that's funny to hear that even then they were like oh you you don't have an accent, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Like accent. It took a that's, year, man. Yeah, but that's you, great. You had to make my, I had to make my bones, and then then yeah. moved into the English stuff. Most so mostly what, what I book now is English stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. famously that El Pollo Loco. Commercial. Yeah, well, yeah, that which is on camera one. Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that live. <laughs> you know, just like oh, look at that. that's interesting. They're doing that, and then come to find it's you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So throughout this all, this, this ups and downs of your career, yeah, the dating sure. and everything. One thing, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I, I do want to have some fun. Well, I want to have some fun talk about dating and Shimoda mm-hmm. and all that stuff, kind of too. But but uh, you, you mentioned God prevalently, yeah. And, uh, I think you and I have the, that in common and type mm-hmm. of thing where it's uh, it's a little difficult, a little different in L.A. Yeah, you, you get a lot of different viewpoints, and sure. I've definitely changed from what I believed at mm-hmm. ten, not my core principles, sure. but just. 
how I approach it or whatever and yeah. how it's executed. Uh, how is that? Has it always been a prevalent uh, yeah. focus in well, your life? Coming from a Latino family, sure. yeah. My dad was very, very religious, and he read the Bible every morning just for fun. Like, my dad yeah. was like, just he would read for his own benefit, you know, because yeah. he felt that God had really saved his life on three different occasions. And mm. so for him, it three was... Specific yeah, three specific Three specific life-threatening gotcha. uh, situations gotcha. God had come to him. And so yeah. my dad was very, very big about this. And so we had tried the church for a while, the Catholic church, but there was a lot of disillusionment with the Catholic Church. And Catholic stuff. Yeah, it's tough because the same people that are like, you know, shaking your hand in church are yelling at you for thinking that you cut them off in the church parking lot right after the <laughs> service. And you're just like, well, where's the consistency here? Yeah, you know? yeah. And to me, consistency is a massive, massive thing in my life. Okay. And so it's a really, really big thing for me. And, and so um, we ended up walking away from the church when I was like 16, 17 years old. And then we kind of, I've been on a journey ever mm-hmm. since, you know? And so what I'm enjoying now is... Um, no parameters. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I go to mosaic. I've just started discovering going to mosaic, Mm -hmm. which is one of these, one of this, uh, worship places here in LA. And it's, there's no like communion. There's no wine. Right. And there's no guilt. It's all about understanding the scriptures and Mm -hmm. what they mean and what they're trying to say and what, and understanding why they were uh, written the way they were and addressed to the people, what was going for the people at that time. Right. Right. And so it's a, it's a deeper dive, which is great for me, you know, because Mm -hmm. the surface stuff of religion is nice, but I need to understand the inner workings of it for Mm -hmm. me to find my place in it now. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, I was like, I just got to do this because it says in the Bible, I got to do this. Right. But this is like, well, why and where does it come from and what? And motivated, and maybe uh, I don't want to say modern take, but yeah. a more modern application, which mm-hmm. can open up uh, gray Jedi like areas. Yes. But but um, yeah, I grew up in a you know Calvary Chapel church, mm. very legalistic thing. If you looked at a, a even a commercial for an R-rated movie, yeah. you might not be allowed to come back on That's Sunday, right. and and had my my He-Man toys confiscated and studied yeah. by people in the church. So really, yeah, oh my, it really did. And and I was one of the only ones who was did not go to a Christian school. I went gotcha. to a public school, right? So I had a, I don't so I never quite. Got along, <laughs> never quite got along. That's so, fair. so, but then I ended up in some big mega churches in LA. Oh wow, uh, Shepherd of the Hills and all these kind of things, which okay. are now even more giant. Yeah, and I felt uh, I felt disconnected from those. Too. Yeah, so I know what you're saying. Where it's like, uh, you know, a little deeper dive or how it actually applies to. Yeah, because mosaic is just mosaic is just three songs worshiping God in Christ mm-hmm. at the beginning of the service. Then there's a sermon, which yeah. is exploring some piece of scripture, and then there's one song, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And then it's, but it's a very strong community and mm-hmm. I'm just like kind of dipping my toe in the water and kind sure, of seeing what's sure. here. You know, I'm, I'm a very cautious person in that way because when I too. give my heart to something, I really give my heart to something. So yeah. I take a while to come around to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I'm, but I'm enjoying rediscovering this again and walking this path again and I'm enjoying it uh, and how it's applying to my life. And are, are you allowed to do it at your own pace? Then? Yeah, absolutely. There's no, I, I, I've, nothing. I've battled with that before too, yeah. where I used to go to some of it and it's like immediately I'm grabbed and pulled aside yeah. and join this group, join that, join right. this. And it's like, I just kind of want to slip in the back, hear some songs, hear some words, yeah. and um, say a prayer and leave. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, there's um, no judgment. Um, I love it. Because I you know, grew up with a family. My mother was the secretary of the mm-hmm. church. My dad was the sound engineer oh, of the wow. church. And um, friends with a pastor. And all, you know, it was all those kind of things. And then I was the head drama de- the writer for the drama department of one of my wow. um, the bigger churches we went to. And it's fascinating. And I always say, too, it's it's... It's the people that can sometimes cause a problem, but yes. it's it's never God to me. No, no. I've always had that perspective. Yeah. Anytime I've walked away from a church or situation, I'm like, it, we humans aren't perfect. Right. So that's why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it sounds like, but it sounds like you're in a good spot with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. And it's very powerful for me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's always been something that's danced around in my life. And I kind of walked away from it mentally for the last sure. few years. So coming back to it, is, it's, it's come back good. at the right time. 
Right. I feel like, yeah. Well, especially as the world's about to end. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so true. God help us all. Oh, man. So <laughs> yeah, you have, uh, you're, you're, uh, you got a lot going in that brain of yours, man. You got a lot mm-hmm. of different. Th- uh, you're very deep. You're very insightful. Love having you on Force Center. Talk about oh, the I ways, love, thank the you, ways of the Force. Yeah. You understand it. Um, you, you, I, I can tease tease you for being passionate, but it, mm-hmm. it's not just in your blood, but it's in your heart. Yeah. Um, you, it seems like when you, you know, you, you throw yourself into things, you yeah. want it. It means a lot to you. <laughs> And um, no more than this schmo down yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really? Yeah. That's a t- that, that will show you who John Roca is from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, and everything in between. Yeah. Let's talk about the outlaw character. Yeah. Which, like any good pro wrestling character, and you're a pro wrestling mm-hmm. guy too, which Massive is why, fan. why I know you, this is working extra well for you. <laughs> um, really like is, any yeah. good pro wrestling character, CM Punk, Roddy Roddy Piper, even Hulk Hogan, those are very much of that person. Yeah. Wrapped up in a nice public package yeah so what how did you come about crafting the outlaw the outlaw's interesting because like christian uh reached out to me i don't know how much key fob i can break here so if it, this thing's gonna cut out per christian's approval <laughs> you can cut it out but like um christian came to me um and i i knew about the show because you guys had had it on the show yeah, 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 yeah. forming yeah so i he said to me he's like i think i'm gonna do this thing and i'm gonna turn it into a league yeah and i said oh and he goes wwe style i said oh shit and he goes and i need a heel mm-hmm and would you be willing to be my heel? Now, you're going to get a lot of shit. You know, mm-hmm, people might mm-hmm. not like you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I need a heel right. to sell this thing. And I said, okay, I'm in. You know I'm in. I love I'm heels. Bad guy. Yeah, Flair. Ho- even when Ho- Hollywood Hogan's one of my favorite versions oh, yeah. of heels. And so he said, "Can if you can do this, I'm great. And he said, let's... I want something like, like I don't know, it's like something. Out of, so I don't know how either he came up with it or I came up It was a conversation. We talked about names and blah, 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 and something outlaw, then the outlaw. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, perfect, because I've got a cowboy hat. And then the the V for Vendetta mask just came, but just random, because yeah. I was going through props in my closet. And I was yeah, like, what yeah. do I, oh, because I had I'd been him for Halloween uh, after sure. the movie had been released. And I love that comic book, yeah. uh, that graphic novel, rather. And so I... Um, I just combined the two mm-hmm. and then step by step, it kind of became its thing. And Christian, and I would have conversations about, uh, what I would talk about in the promos. And yeah. so like everything else, um, and like Vince, it's like sketch out the broader general, general of what you're trying to get to general. Mm-hmm. And then I color in the yeah, spot. Yeah. And so those promos, yes, they're not scripted, but they are into a degree. I have to hit certain points. And yeah, so yeah, do yeah. most people who are doing the promos and, but I, just took to it like a duck to water. Yeah, yeah. And step by step, it grew and grew in terms of mm-hmm. the personality and the situations, people who would win. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Stuff of that nature. And I think the Scott Mance rivalry was yep. the one that finally put the outlaw on the map. Connected it. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. And, got, and that's why I love Scotty to death. Scotty yeah. knew exactly how to play this from his angle. It yeah. helped me stand out and helped, and I knew how to play that to help him stand out. Yeah, you know? come on, man. It's like a good wrestling yeah. dance party. It's partner, a program, man. right? That's it's a program. program. It's yeah. a program. Yeah. It's good. And yeah, you absolutely have taken to it. And it means. Um, it means so much to you. And look, there's really a, you know, there's a perspective of this is just movie trivia on a YouTube channel. But I mean, I can tell from your eyes, I can tell from your heart, I can tell from your reactions. <laughs> uh, you is it just because you're a competitive person? You yeah. want this win? What is it? Yeah, I, I'm a competitive person by nature. I mean, when I played basketball, I was the guy talking shit while yeah. we played, you know. And I learned how to do that playing ball on the streets with other people. And so, to me, whenever I invest in a in a competitive situation, yeah. uh, all my juices get 
get get flowing and all my buttons get pushed and that's how it play and I want it you know and yeah. when and that's the thing and I got no shame in wanting something you know yeah. and other people and the thing that's coming out which I really love is how everyone is like was making fun of me for being so passionate about it they're all understanding it now as they yeah. get closer to tasting the gold yeah, yeah, yeah. their own passion gets involved their own neurosis steps in their own concerns and worries about looking bad in front of yeah. thousands hundreds of thousands of yeah, people on our YouTube views are up, yeah, our views are crazy for this thing and so it's like okay now you understand what I'm talking about yeah. Yeah. To make something work, to make something good, you cannot half-ass the passion. Sure. People have to invest. People want to invest. They see the outlaw. They see John Roker. They see a guy who is committed to this character. And it is an extension of me. It is the worst extension of me that you can create. Sure. But it's an extension. But it's an extension. Yes, absolutely. All great characters are an extension of the yeah. person creating them in wrestling. And so, yeah. therefore, the Shmaran is the same way. You know, And so, like, Riley is Riley. And yeah. Riley can only go so far as Riley the yeah. hero, right? It's, yeah. He's going to be Riley. And Clark Wolf, the same thing. Makuga as well. You know, you, you when you get in there, yeah, Rachel yeah. Cushing is discovering that too. So it's like, and, yes. then, and Miss Movies. This heel persona of Miss Movies, that's in Brienne. She may it not is. want to accept it, but that is within Brienne. Watching Miss Movies, and she's going to be back on the Napsack file soon, yeah. but uh, watching Miss Movies transition uh, in front of our eyes on yeah. uh, mo- uh, Movie Schmodown here, Movie Trivia Schmodown, it's been one of the joys of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of a quiet, maybe unsh- unsure person yeah. um, who Who's uh, who's finding not just a performing side, which she's yeah. always had that she was yeah. in theater. She was she, she was a you know uh, not uh, cheerleader. What is it? The the Spirit Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spirit Squad. The, yeah. The, the song Girls. That's what it was. That US, what they were song she girls? was USC Song Girl. Yeah, fight on. Yeah. Um, but to watch her now, yeah. uh, and and uh, it is, it's fascinating to watch all of this. And even yeah. Rachel Cushing's yeah. another one, too. Yeah. A quiet editor in a dark room is right. now uh, a hero to a lot of people. Exactly. Walking out as Galadriel. Yeah. I mean, that's a great stuff. It's great. Let me tell great. you something. Yeah. This is the truth. Lay it down, Alex. I... <laughs> What are the, what's that thing about the elevated elevates all boats? What's that saying? I don't a know. rising tide elevates all, rising all boats. Tide yeah, all. I am the rising tide of the Schmodown. <laughs> the outlaw is the rising. Without the outlaw, there isn't the entrances. There isn't the personas. Yeah. There isn't. I took this thing to another level because this thing needed to go to another level with yeah. Christian. Yes, with Christian, absolutely sure. Christian, I, baby. I think I am the Hulk Hogan to his Vince McMahon for this league, and I will forever, ever hey. say that. And no one can take that away from me. That's the truth. People step up their game. Dan Merle was a good champion. But yeah. until I pushed his buttons, we didn't see this other side of Dan. Yeah. Same thing with Riley. Riley was a consistent winner, had the belt. He thought he was going to walk back in. It was a fun in. hobby. He was a fun, yeah. And then I beat him twice. Like, those things are those things are real. And then Riley was super pissed. And he came at me, and he did the whole Karate Kid thing. And, like, that's the thing. You yeah. elevate the you elevate the game, and, you know, people when, step up. And they've they, all stepped up in some When they ways. write the history books of the movie <laughs> Trivia Schmodown, when this, and I believe in my heart yes. that this will hit TV. Oh, yeah, and it I should. I believe in my heart. Yeah. It will hit TV, and this will go, and this will catch on. Um, I've never seen I've never seen Christian Harloff fail in anything. I've, yeah. I've seen circumstances change. I've yes. seen his direction change. But when he puts his mind to something, he puts his mind to something, right. and it succeeds. Uh, and it would seem as you, too. Yeah, I think when the history books are written, they're going to look back at that V for Vendetta, Vendetta mask and that cowboy hat. And people wanting you to lose. Yes. Just as much people wanting you to win. Yes. Look, you and I know. People didn't turn out to WrestleMania one to see Hulk Hogan one win. They turned out to see Roddy Piper lose. Exactly. And there's certain exactly. certain part of that there. And you were you were absolutely embracing it. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's, it's so and, and I saw it happen. Uh, on movie fights firsthand. Yeah, right, right. Um, I, had, I definitely had known you, definitely yeah. worked with you, definitely mm-hmm. knew you were a passionate guy and competitive and everything, but then to watch you and Mance lose <laughs> lose the plot for a little bit, to to really get so lost into it, and I know Mance is a passionate yeah, guy. Yeah, he is, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, but to watch you do it as well, uh, yeah. that's what I think it uh, it was it was it was like this is this is another level with yeah. this guy. Yeah. And and yeah, you did suffer a defeat recently. How are you doing with that? Yeah, it sucks to lose the belt. I, you know, I'd worked so hard to get it and to beat Dan. It was mm-hmm. and no, but no one can take that away from me. No one can take away the journey of getting right. to the. And I was the first one to beat Dan. They can't take that away from me either. Right. Um, and so it sucked to lose to Riley, but. I fought him tooth and nail to the end, and, right. we, and he did too. He stepped up his game to his credit. He came prepared and ready, and everything worked against him, and he still pulled out the win. And so right. you got to respect that as a competitor, and there's nothing more I could have done other than maybe casually peruse the cast list of all the Marvel films before I walk <laughs> through the door uh, to, have win the, to have won the fight. But there yeah. are times where you walk into an arena, and you know it's going to be a dogfight. I had that feeling with Ellis. Yeah, yeah. And I, so those to me, it's not a shock that I lost to Riley. I was feeling the same way there was a different energy in the room and yeah. so i was like this is going to be a tougher battle i had a strange stupid confidence feeding when i faced dan sure i can't explain it i just felt like i had nothing to lose absolutely nothing to lose it, i so, know look i know what you mean i'll say it here for the first time when sam Whitwer got eliminated at the star wars showdown yeah in, in my head i looked over looked at the crowd um and uh and my head I said, I got this. Yeah? Oh, did you really? I said, I got See? this. See? Do you guys who are at yeah. home, you don't fucking know what it's like. If, when you're in this arena, anything can happen. It isn't yeah. sitting home behind a computer going, no, it's this. It's when you're in the arena surrounded by thousands of people or yeah. hundreds of people or even 20 people and the lights are on and the other competitors are there and everything is happening. The technical situation of shooting yeah. the show, there's a lot involved. Yeah, so yeah. you, you don't, don't sit there that's all in a freaking vacuum because it isn't. Yeah. yeah. And it's so when those moments happen for you, yeah. you have to know. You no, and I knew in the fourth round I was going to beat Dan. Yeah. I knew in the fourth round, in the speed round, I was like, I got this motherfucker. I, I, know, and, yeah. what, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Look at that. It takes over the fire of Roka. It takes over here. <laughs> as, as, no, I love it. It's great. It's, uh, as, as, uh, as we wrap up this part of the yeah. show here, and uh, there's so much, so many things to talk about. You, you are a very, uh, um, like I said, multifaceted guy Thank here, you. but I want to look to the future here yeah. with you as you got... Uh, you got uh, your career, um, and you're like me too. Where we're we're working in a sphere. Now you have more acting and, and voiceover and stuff sure. that I don't do, but uh, um, we're working in this sphere that didn't exist five years ago. Yeah. So um, as even though we're we're older dogs in it, we're all still new. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where where do you focus on now? Where do you go from here? And that includes finding love. Yeah. Well, 2017 has been a, an interesting year. You know, it started out kind of, uh, 2016 ended really badly for me emotionally. And so mm. coming, climbing back out of that thing, which I think will be on the documentary, maybe not, we'll see. Mm. But 2017, I made a resolution with myself. And I don't mean a New Year's resolution, I mean a life resolution. Where sure. I was like, we're going to focus on getting a job in this industry that is consistent, a full-time job with benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to focus on improving as a host. We're going to focus on getting gigs as a host. We're going to focus on getting more work as a voiceover artist. And we're going to focus on personal development. And so yeah. these have been the things that have been That's my That's a lot, drive. John. Well, that's my life. I carry a lot on my shoulders mm-hmm. on purpose. I like to challenge myself yeah. every day. I don't like to have a boring day. And so it's like mm-hmm. these kinds of things are are, are, are are what drive me. And sometimes the, the pit is real, real deep, man, and it fucking mm. sucks. Mm. Climbing out can be really, really hard on a daily basis, but this is part of it, you know, and right. I love it to death. So my goal is to be on a network. I would love to be on Collider full-time mm-hmm. or if it's Screen Junkies or Uproxx or whatever's out there. Mm-hmm. I want to be on a network full-time doing what I love to do, which is talk about film, analyze film, go to junkets, go to screenings, talk about stuff. I'm starting a YouTube channel soon. We're starting the Outlaw Nation podcast soon. Mm-hmm. Like all these, or it may be up by now by the time this episode comes out. But yeah. So there's a lot happening that I want to put forward and love. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I'm yeah. looking... I'm in this place like 
When I made that commitment to win the title a year yeah. ago, what did I say? I said, I'm going to win that title, and I did it. Yeah. Most everything I set my mind to, I do. I appeared, mm-hmm. in, on, I appeared in movies. I've appeared in TV shows. I've, I've done voiceovers for animated series, which I still do. Mm-hmm. I do campaigns. Everything I've set my mind to, I do. So my mind is set to finding a wife now. My mind is set okay. to finding... And the have, W word, Yeah, huh? the W. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Having kids, whatever. I'm ready. Sure. Like when I was in my mid-30s, I wasn't ready. 20s, sure. not ready. I'm now in a place where I'm very ready to give my heart and start the process of building a foundation, mm. having a strong relationship, because I think that's the last piece of the puzzle for me sure. in professional world as well. Yeah. Having that as a, a strength and a foundation to create what I need to create, that's the kind of person I'm built. Other people can do it solo for the rest of their lives. I'm not built that but way. But I, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Though I joke about being alone a lot. There were those, oh, I had you know, two long-term girlfriends for a time, right. and there's part of and I can phrase it right, but there's part of your brain that's like, all right, I got that. I got that taken care yeah, of. Like yeah, it's yeah. there, and now I can go conquer the rest of uh, the world, so right. to speak. Exactly. You know, it didn't work out for whatever reasons for me. But so right. I know what you mean. It's yeah. a fair thing uh, to have that uh, partner, which sometimes this is a romantic way yep. of looking at it, but uh, it's a truth. Yeah. yeah. There's a power in having that because you are also facilitating her. Like you're also mm-hmm. helping her and supporting her and giving her yeah. strength. Vice versa. She's yeah. returning that back to you, and you got to find that person. And yeah. I thought I had found that person a few years ago, and I thought I'd found that person recently, but mm-hmm. there were cracks in the armor. And those cracks mm-hmm. in the armor, when you're, when you're, when, where I want to go, yeah, yeah. where I want to go, there yeah. can't be too many cracks in the armor because I can't feel confident in your support and care for me. And right. that's important for me. Right. Like I said, when I give my heart to something, I have to give it, I give it fully. And once I give it fully, I expect to have uh, the same level of commitment back. Mm. And if mm-hmm. you're not really to give me that similar, then you got to get out. You got to get out of the way because I got to find somebody who does. And, 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 and nowadays you don't, you don't want to waste time with that. You really don't. Yeah. No time. No time. No time. No time. No time. Just so like there, Apollo said, no time. No time. <laughs> there is a, a lot left for you to accomplish. You've already accomplished a lot. And that uh, uh, includes, uh, you know, just some amazing uh, personal growth and change and uh, being open about it. I think it's one of the important things that you could do in this world Thank is uh, helping others. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Uh, and I get that opportunity sometimes to hear people uh, in person shake my hand and say thanks for yeah. some stuff discussed. And that's not just what I discuss. It's what my guests discuss. Uh, yeah. And that's great. So I I appreciate you being open and honest, totally. um, and you are uh, you are a wonderful character in and out of the ring. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. And, uh, you too. Uh, uh, you know, uh. I just like hot dogs. But uh, uh, and I don't. Yeah, the outlaw schmodown. Yeah. That's you're right. There's something. There's something powerful about you. <laughs> And I, I don't want you ever to change. Thank you. The outlaw. Can we clear something up? Yeah. Are we allowed up. to clear this up? Go for it. We never got into a fist fight. I want that <laughs> cleared up now. We, Ken and I never, yep. ever got into a fist fight. There was never yep. a battle. You guys need to understand. Yep. We're having fun with this shit. Yeah. There was never a fist fight. And, and I'll say, what's funny is, uh, I said that on Schmoes, that there was a behind-the-scenes yes, incident incident on the Schmodown, the episode <laughs> where you and Christian took on, uh, was it uh, uh, Nost? No, you and Nost. Me and Nost took on Christian and, yeah. and Christian and Mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> confused. You and Christian recently teamed up against the screen jacket. That's right. Yes, there was an off-air incident involving a question where the room got really tense, loud, some screaming, some shouting, and I made a passing reference on Schmoes. No, uh, tongue in cheek, but yes. also just acknowledging there was a real incident. <laughs> yes. And I said there was nearly a fistfight. But people thought it was John and I because John on air had been teasing me and I was teasing you back. We we're hacking on yeah. each other. Yeah, we were. Uh, totally out of complete <laughs> of uh, uh, friendship. Friendship, yeah, but yeah. also just, you know, mock show, mock exactly. show, make it part of the show. Exactly. And people started running with it, assuming immediately that John and I met in the parking lot, <laughs> yeah. which I would have lost, uh, out here by the dumpster at Collider. And um, 
No, that didn't happen. No. That wasn't even Never. remotely close no. to what I was referring to. <laughs> There's some other things that almost happened. Yeah, I'm that sure. That was not it. Yeah. That was I, not look, it. I just walk through the door and compete. That's all I do. I do not pick fights no, or try I, to get into any situation no. with anybody because this is a very difficult thing to pull off. And yeah. the last thing you need is extra stress on the people who are yes. trying to pull it off. Yes. And I've been behind the mic calling a match, so I know you. it takes yeah. a lot of concentration, a lot of it stuff, does. a lot of moving parts. So, yeah, yeah I, I, there was no fist fight. No, there was no, no. So you can put that all the rest <laughs> yes, out there, please. though. I'm sure John and I. We'll still have fun yes. on air together. I'd be, uh, uh, I'd be, I'd be bummed if we did. I'd be remiss if we didn't. Remiss yes, if we didn't. John, you have a lot of things going on, so I want Thank you to man. take a second here to tell uh, oh. everyone where they can find uh, sure. your work, uh, including your podcast cinephiles and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah, you guys can always find me at the Roca says R O C H A on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, please follow me. I love communicating with you guys, uh, good or bad. I love communicating with you guys, <laughs> and I've got a lot of great email messages from people ever since I lost, and also before from the th- sure. film from the film therapy uh, podcast I did with Brienne. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of people who've reached out to thank me for being so openly honest about my depression and that was great and mm-hmm. so you can find me there on Twitter and Instagram you can f- see listen to the Cinephile Cine-Files on iTunes my film professor friend Steve Morris and I break down one film one classic film that came out before the year 2007 and we talk about it for an hour to an hour and a half sometimes two hours uh, mm-hmm. we've had great guests on we've had Sasha Pearl Raver Scott Mance uh, we've had a couple of cast members from Bones on. We're mm. working with Joe Mantegna to possibly bring him on to oh, talk great. about either The Adventures of Robin Hood or Godfather. So we'll see. And, wow. of course, we've gone out to other people. Ken, I'm sure you'll come on sure. and talk about one of those films. And so it's a great podcast, and you can find it there. Cine-Files on Stitcher and on iTunes. And also we have a YouTube channel, Cinefiles. You can go there and the Facebook page. Uh, Fridays on Collider Movie Talk. And the Outlaw Nation podcast, if it's not already up by now, it will be up on Schmozno yeah. uh, Plus. Is that what it is? A podcast channel? Something I like think that? so, yeah. yeah. They change so much. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, and uh, if you voiceover stuff, you can always hear me on uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise as yeah. as the character of Springload and uh, on uh, Sophia the, the Sophia the Princess, whatever that's called, Sophia. Sure. Sure. It's on Disney Channel. I play the <laughs> dance teacher. Uh, so Sergio Adagio, what a great name. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So you can see me on all those things. I don't know. Is there anything? else i don't know you do a lot you do you do a lot but those are the main things yeah the important thing is to follow john on twitter you get the updates yeah what else you got oh yeah you can always come see me at the harry potter land and uh the wizarding world of harry potter universal studios here in in los angeles maybe you'll catch me in the room and i'll pair you with a wand you never know i I highly recommend if you're local or you're traveling do that john is (laughs) is really really good at that it'd be it'd be easy to overlook that as part of your repertoire but that is something you're really good at yeah i recently paired grace and her sister so that's right yeah the wonderful grace hancock here from coletta and aaron and his sons. Uh, oh, really? So that was great. Yeah. Oh, great. Great, great, great. Guys, that is it for now. As always, you can follow the Knapsack Files on Facebook. We have a page there. You can like my official Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. We are on iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Just called. go to where you know it is. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. The Patreon page is up there. Patreon.com slash the Knapsack Files if you want to support a lot of things coming in 2017 for the channel and the feed. And uh, that is it. We'll see you next time for The Outlaw. This has been Ken and this has been the Nets of Miles.